This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Law School Show. I'm your host, Sabrina, and today our guest is Minetta Caparelli from Greenspawn Granger Hill here in Ottawa. Ms. Caparelli is a criminal defense lawyer that started working at Greenspawn Granger Hill in 2014. She started as a second-year law student, finished her articles with the firm in 2017, and was shortly thereafter called to the Ontario Bar. Fluently bilingual in French and English, Ninetta is proud to be able to represent individuals in both official languages. Ms. Caparelli practices criminal law and quasi-criminal civil litigation exclusively. She has defended clients on a variety of charges, including impaired driving, assault, domestic assault, assault causing bodily harm, drug charges, criminal harassment, and driving-related offenses. In addition, she has assisted in defending an array of complex criminal matters, including large-scale drug projects, gun trafficking, sexual assault, fraud over $5,000, attempted murder, and murder. Ms. Caparelli has assisted in matters in the Ontario Court of Justice, the Superior Court of Justice, the Divisional Court, and the Court of Appeal. Ms. Caparelli also supports Lawrence Greenspawn's civil practice, where she primarily assists in cases of police misconduct. She has completed her law degree in French at the University of Ottawa, where she graduated cum laude with a Juris Doctor in June 2016. She also holds a degree in Conflict Studies and Human Rights, also from the University of Ottawa, graduating magna cum laude in June 2013. Ms. Caparelli is a member of the Defense Council Association of Ottawa, the County of Carleton Law Association, the Stormont, Dundas, and Glengarry Law Association, and l'Association des Juristes d'Expression Française de l'Ontario. Ms. Caparelli, welcome and thank you for speaking with me today. Besides work in law, what are some of your extracurricular activities? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Sabrina. Um, when I can get away from the office, I do enjoy um, the cliche hanging out with friends. Um, I consider myself a foodie, so I like trying out new restaurants in town. Um, I like to uh, go camping and hang out with my cats. I'm kind of a crazy cat lady. Thank you for sharing with us. Now for our next question. Was there someone who encouraged you to go to law school and become a lawyer? Uh, no, actually. I'm like a first-generation lawyer, so my parent, there's no one in my family that's been, been a lawyer, or is a lawyer, I guess I should say. Um, it was something that I entirely just wanted to do from the get-go. How was your law school experience? I would say it was a very positive one. It certainly had its ups and downs. Um, first year is uh, pretty tough, as I'm sure you know and your colleagues know. Um, I mean, I remember vividly one of the first couple weeks of law school where I was trying to do an exercise um, for my crim class with the criminal code and just having a total breakdown. Like I, I couldn't understand how to search the criminal code. I didn't understand how it worked. I didn't know what all the annotations were. Um, so I mean, definitely has its low points and then 
it's cool to look back now that it's done and see how far you can come from that. Definitely. Did you always know you wanted to work in criminal law as a defense lawyer? Uh, pretty much. I um, never really had interest in any other area. Um, I focused most of my efforts during law school in gaining experience in criminal law. I waffled um, between wanting to practice defense or, um, you know, or do prosecution work. Um, I ended up in a defense firm and I absolutely love what I'm doing. So I'm happy where I am for now. That's great. It's definitely important loving what you do. Could you tell our listeners the difference between working as a criminal defense lawyer and working as a prosecutor? Sure. So a defense lawyer represents individuals who are charged with uh, offenses or with crimes. Uh, so my clients are all individuals who have been charged with uh, crimes, whether it's under the criminal code or the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act. Um, they're all facing, um, facing those accusations. Uh, the prosecutor's job is to um, gather up the evidence and, pro I don't want to be circular, but to prosecute those individuals. So it's their job to prove that those people have in fact committed the crimes that they're alleged to have committed uh, and to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt. Why is it important to advocate for those who may have committed a crime? Well, I know that oftentimes defense lawyers get a bad rep because um, commonly people just think we're defending criminals, but you'd be surprised to know that a lot of the people that come through um, the doors of our office are often wrongfully accused um, or just, you know, simply good people caught in a bad situation. Um, it's a lot of social work that goes into um, into defense work. Uh, I think you need to be compassionate um, and understand that there are a long list of things that contribute to why someone may find themselves um, as a member of the criminal justice system. Um, and not it doesn't just slice as simple as, um, you know, they're bad people. Mm -hmm. um, see a lot of addiction, mental health issues, poverty, um, as some of the root causes of the criminality that we see. Um, and otherwise, sometimes it's just simply, um, you know, wrong people that are wrongfully accused. It's important that there's someone to defend um, every individual who has been charged with an offense. We've all have the protection of uh, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. That means that everyone is presumed uh, innocent and entitled to a defense. And, um, you know, defense lawyers play an essential role in how our justice system works. Um, otherwise, everyone would just be convicted. Um, and kind of the cornerstone of our system is that we'd rather have uh, 10 guilty people on the street than one innocent person in jail. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why the presumption of innocence is so important and um, the bar is so high for someone to be actually convicted of a criminal offense because the, the liberty that we enjoy is so important and you know we need to defend that. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's a really great answer. What are the major rewards and challenges you face in your career? The rewards are definitely, the highs are really high and the lows are really low, I think is the best way that I can describe the job. Um, you know, it's, you don't always win. And sometimes, uh, you know, cases that you really 
pour yourself into and really believe in what you're advocating. Sometimes it simply just doesn't go um, your way. And that's really hard news to break to a client, especially when you believe in their innocence. Um, so that's, you know, that's a low low. Um, but on the flip side, the highs are really high. When you know you get a really good result for a client um, and they're really thankful, that's really awesome as well. And, and keeping in mind that a good result doesn't al always mean um, an acquittal after trial. Sometimes that's um, you know a fair plea negotiation, and the client doing um, you know treatment or getting out of shaking their addiction or something like that. That you know ends in a good situation that isn't necessarily a full-on acquittal. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank you. What excites you the most about your work? Um, I really love winning. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but all jokes aside, I like that every day is different, every file is different, every file is challenging, um, but what it really excites me the most is getting up in court and advocating. That's where, you know, I really get excited. I love being in the courtroom. I love being on my feet. Um, that's the favorite part of my job. How often would you say you're in court? Um, almost every day. Not substan Not on like a substantive trial every day but um, whether it's just for like a status check date for clients in court or um, you know guilty pleas or sometimes trials um, you know a couple times a week for sure perfect yeah thank you can you tell us about a time when you won a particularly challenging case and why do you think you succeeded so probably the biggest win of my very junior career um, is the homicide trial that I assisted um, the partner at the firm, Lawrence Greenspawn, with in the fall of 2018. Um, we ran a uh, first-degree murder trial in front of a jury. It was a very long trial. It was eight weeks long. It was work like I had never thought possible. Um, and, you know, it, keeping hope every day was really difficult and the weight of knowing that um, you know your performance on this specific trial is the difference between uh, the rest of someone's life in prison or their freedom so you know it's it's heavy on your shoulders um, and really gave it my all like I was working very long hours seven days a week um, really didn't have much of a personal life it was it was extremely challenging um, and it took a toll on you know even my relationship with my husband and my friends like I there wasn't much of myself to give at the end of the day to anything other than this work mm -hmm. um, but that being said uh, at the end of it all the jury acquitted our client and that was um, you know if there's ever a reward for pouring yourself into your work mm -hmm. that would be it was yeah. you know having a jury acquit um, acquit your client of first-degree murder. It was a really, really surreal experience and very rewarding. Can you describe a time when you successfully negotiated a plea deal for a client? Sure. Um, so plea deals happen all the time. Um, like I said, it's not, I wouldn't even say the majority of cases go to trial. A lot of people do plead guilty and take responsibility um, for, you know, what they're accused to have done and acknowledge that there was, they did play a role um, to some extent. Oftentimes it's not to the extent that the Crown alleges and so it's important for the defense to be the voice for the client and say look okay they accept X but they don't accept Y. 
And so if you want a plea, you know, these are the facts that he's willing or she's willing to accept. Um, and, you know, we'll, we can talk about what the deal will be at the end of that. I have, a, and I think you were here actually, I have a client uh, with some mental health issues and I was able to uh, negotiate a discharge uh, for that person. And that's just a proud moment because I know that they have already enough obstacles to face and that a criminal record wasn't something that I wanted to add to that list uh, for that person. So that was one where, you know, I was particularly happy to have been able to negotiate that kind of result for that person. What does your typical day look like? A typical day would consist of me uh, waking up, going to court first thing, to uh, number five court, which is status check court or remand court as we like to call it. Um, address whatever matters we have in our office has in that court. Um, I'd then probably go up to the third floor, which has the Crown's office, and check our office's disclosure bin. Uh, then I'd probably walk back to the office, probably stop for a coffee on the way. Um, and when I get here, check emails, that kind of stuff, kind of land into the day, make a list. Um, and then if it's an office day for the rest of the day, it's oftentimes client meetings or just, um, you know, working on files, having a meeting with uh, Lawrence to kind of touch base on where, uh, where we both are with, our, with the client files. Um, and if it's a trial day, then court all day from 10 to, 10 to 4.30 about. How long do criminal law cases take to resolve? Um, it varies, but um, from charge date to the end of trial, it can, it can take a year or more to get a trial date, especially because um, you know, we do have an issue in this jurisdiction with getting timely trial dates. Mm. Um, the, the court is really backlogged. Um, so it can take a year or a little bit more to get your trial date. Um, if you resolve by you know, a plea or any other way, um, that can take a lot less time. You can, you know, you can, you can plead guilty relatively quickly um, so the, it obviously takes a lot longer if you want to go to trial and that can take some time. Mm -hmm. What are your future next steps and ongoing initiatives in your career? So I'm just shy of, I'm, I guess I'm two and a bit years out. I'll be called to the bar three years in June. Um, you know, I'm still learning a lot and I know that I still have a lot to learn. I really enjoy working here. I enjoy the people I work with. My plan is just to kind of keep learning, keep loading, you know, items to my arsenal and arguments to my arsenal and skills that I can, um, you know, use going forward in my career, wherever that may be. Perfect. For our listeners who are interested in undergoing any research into criminal law issues, what advice would you be able to give them? Mm, well, I mean... My search engine of choice is Westlaw, <laughs> not sponsored, um, but yeah, I mean, the thing with criminal law is there's a lot of precedents out there, so mm -hmm. just keep reading, keep mm -hmm. reading, there's a lot out there, and if you don't find anything, don't be afraid to, you know, make up a novel argument, there's always room for the law to change, and, you know, new arguments to, to be paved, and discovered I guess right. because the law continues to evolve every day every mm -hmm. day the Court of Appeal the Supreme Court comes out with new cases that you know 
you need to be on your toes because what was what worked one day might not work tomorrow if mm -hmm. you know if another level of court had something to say about it so you always got to stay up to date perfect are there any valuable life lessons you would like to share with the listeners that you learned in law school or shortly afterwards in your legal career i would say just to keep networking and keeping in touch with uh, non-legal people as mm -hmm. well because this career can be all-consuming. Um, lawyers tend to be a little bit obsessive of you know, their work and um, can spend a lot of time at the office. Really, the best advice, and I know it's cliche, but it's to take care of yourself and uh, find some time to do the things that you enjoy that aren't legally, you know, aren't legal, um, because you get a lot of that at the office. So it's important to stay well-rounded. Um, because it's easy to kind of get lost in the mess of our, our career and what mm -hmm. we do every day. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling that with law school. <laughs> definitely. Take the time for some self-care. It's, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. I've learned so much about criminal law, and I wish you continued success in your many roles and future projects and the fight for protection, rights, and equality. Also, I thank you for your time for speaking with me and sharing your thoughts and experiences with us. This is your host, Sabrina, with The Law School Show, and that was Miss Ninetta Caparelli speaking with us today. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds.